Hello, story lovers. My name is Oz. Welcome to the end of season one. You are listening to the Short Tales Club, where we read, think, and discuss short stories we love. I'll be taking a look back at some of the stories we covered. Remember The Madman by Chinua Achebe? This is of laughs as we delved into mental health, the stigma associated with it, the importance of therapy, and of course, how at the end of the day, almost all of us are mad and should seek help. Thumbs up to Chinua Achebe for writing this in 1971 and predicting our present reality. Next up, we discuss the story The Necklace by Guy Damapusan. Okay, okay. Calm down. Okay. Calm down. You're getting too emotional. Yes. Um, like it's his necklace. I think it's the husband. <laughs> he literally made it happen. He made it possible. Because he said, go to your friend. Go check if she has something you can use. <laughs> Isn't that what friends do? Said, friends oh, help out friends. What an idiot I was! Uncle is calm. So whatever happens, it's all his fault at the end of the day. You made it happen. So he had to take the responsibility because it was his fault. She took responsibility too. And then you know, at that very moment, when they were thinking of their things, when an extremely expensive necklace goes missing and the borrower is too afraid or ashamed to admit the loss, you are left with a lifetime of servitude as they try to raise the money to replace what's missing. Hanan took this one personally, blaming the wife for her high taste and the scene of saddling her husband with debt. We had fun defending her honor, but did not fail to point out each of the character's flaws. Guy's story is a masterpiece that everyone should read, as it will leave you with a lifelong lesson on contentment. Really, guys, go read that story if you haven't. And then for Halloween, we discussed This Man by Kasuma. First, he said, Jesus has come for me. Mm. Yeah, that was saying, because, because, Jesus, huh? <laughs> because I know why he, he said that, because this guy is a, he's a Christian, he's a, mm, he's a yeah. practitioner, because yeah. there was a priest at the yeah. ceremony yeah. to yeah. pray. Yeah. Then these family members waited for the priest mm. to leave. Mm. And then they brought the one. No, as in that kind. Okay, it's not your own for God, but yeah, let's do our own for the ancestors. And then they brought the goats. Yeah. And after they've done the goats, they brought the cow. As in, there were stages to this thing. Yeah. So at this point, 
it is it is what we were discussing at um the other the health book club the other day yeah. where as Nigerians we believe in so many things we do so many things in hopes that one of them will click yeah but then the thing in this story bro is that the the priest did his bit and the spirit was still hanging there yeah it was it's when, it's when the ritual was done then the spirit now moved on the story had us talking about the afterlife, religion, and to what extent the dead affects the living. This ghost field episode brought Peter into the mix, and I suspect that it is Crypt's favorite. I mean, he just couldn't stop laughing. This man is a tale of corrupt politicians, ancestral worship, and the Biafran war, told in the guise of a ghost story. A must read for anyone looking for something deep told simply. Crypt takes the helm in episode 4 to discuss We Will Talk About Other Things Instead by Deborah Oloniron Adeniye. It's a story about a woman who tells us a story through her dreams. It's kind of a weird one and had everybody scratching their heads at one point in time or the other but eventually when it gets to the end it all just makes sense. And I think it's also true to Deborah because if you've read her stories, it's they often tend to um, revolve around mental health, uh, motherhood. The story is about a shattered mind with all the characters as confused as the readers trying desperately to piece together the mystery that is the life of our protagonist. We all argued and debated in an attempt to interpret what each phase of the story really meant. One thing we did all agree on, however, was how there is only a thin line between her sanity and madness. Again, we talked about mental health, because this is something that is rampant in our societies, and we all are finding new ways to cope with it, Blessing Taffa's story, the man from Kao, followed suit to twist our heartstrings. Black is the vacuum. It is the canvas of my sight. Emptiness, the absence of something important, the absence of color. Gray is how the water feels in my mouth when it is cold. Blue is water itself, a shape-shifting, unaccountable spirit. Green is the color of grass and my mother's salad. Something wet with a crunch when ground by feet or teeth. Yellow, she said, is the silkiness of her veil. She let me caress it with my hand. It spreads into a pool around her crossed legs, a cushion for my face as she gently braids my hair. Brown is the back of a tree, the back of a dog, an opening, a door, me. Baba Iman, ya isahaka, kushugodere yai. Mama didn't like my father and me to play when it was dark outside. Amu mama yanzuma kafara, I sulked. Because Mama could terminate play at any time of the day, I could not use that as a measure for day and night, especially in Kao. Kao never sleeps. The air is violent with life and laughter. Fresh brought Blessing's words to life with a reading early in the episode, doing justice to the author's descriptions and the power of her imagination. Hanan was left speechless when he realized the true nature of Iman's suffering while my voice cried for vengeance. This story is not for the faint of heart, and the captivating way it is told just makes it more disturbing. Speaking of disturbing, the next tale was even darker, The Infamous Ketera Ketera by Pemi Aguda.
Ketra woman was literally pitying her, like this fragile small girl <laughs> with your big big eye eyeballs. You're just here. What are you doing here? Like how? And then she kept wondering, her eyes are so big, probably she's seen so much, you know. These places, these church places and stuff, she's seen a lot of things. And then she kept talking to her, What's your name? And she's not saying anything. She's just there. In her mind, she's like, this auntie doesn't even know what is coming for her. Like, hey, yeah, welcome. And then from that quiet, timid girl to now, just go ahead. Just do it. Just do it. Don't worry. Very soon, you'll get used to it. it like, it's ever like... possible for you to just get used to just chopping people in pieces and putting them in a the pot of soup. Like... They are already dead. It's not like they are, you are going to. They are going to disturb you in your dreams. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? She sounds like a witch. A small witch. You see the word Ketra and you think food, right? Well, no. This is one meal you don't want to be eating. A mysterious priest, a handicapped husband, and an enterprising Ketra come together in this tale of cannibalism and deceit. This was another hilarious episode with everyone picking their favorite character. I'd love to know who you prefer. Our last story of the season was Call Her No One, written by Francis Ogamba. You are liking the sentences, you are liking the flow of words, but you are feeling uncomfortable. Like, what, what is this I'm reading? Are you serious? Is somebody really doing this? How, how, how come it looks this real, you know? So she did that at I love that. Even though you would enjoy reading the story, you look at uh, sentences and everything, you still feel um, sort of guilty. You feel bad for reading and enjoying it because this is somebody's misery. This is somebody's um, nightmare while reading and enjoying. So yes, Francis got us with this story. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I think that was it for me too. Like the subtle horror of it because it was yeah. horror. But she managed to make it sound also relatable, also mm. simple. You are just going along with the story, but then I kept thinking, like, but those children that they took, where are they right now? This episode brought Deborah into the gang of bedroom critics, and she owned it by confessing her love for Francis and all her stories. However, Call Her No One is far from sunshine and rainbows. It is a horrific tale, particularly for anyone looking forward to the joys of motherhood. It will leave you appalled and emotionally drained from both excitement and shock. The perfect present to the end of the season. I hope you've enjoyed our discussions and would not hesitate to read up on the stories, listen to the episodes and tell us if you agree with our thoughts or not. Thank you so very much for being with us all through our episodes as this brings us to the end of season one. I can't wait to take the journey with you on season two. Bye.